finding the, the mind of God for today. Tonight with this story, uh, this afternoon with this story, it's really a story of a, of a young man who would begin a journey searching for some lost donkeys. <laughs> what a story, right? A story of a young man who goes on a journey to go look for some lost donkeys. And he ends up finding no donkeys. He ends up finding, he ends up finding something better. He ends up finding a kingdom. Hallelujah. And I believe that some of us and all of us here are in a journey today. And in the middle of that journey, we're, we're searching and we're looking, but you're about to encounter. You're about to encounter your purpose and your destiny. I believe I believe today, it's a beautiful story about a young man who encounters an encounter between a young man and a prophet and a man of God, what the Bible calls a seer, almost the same as a prophet. But right before this young man can encounter a kingdom and can encounter the prophet, he encounters some no-name young maidens who simply had the mind of God, who had direction for this young man. And this afternoon, what I want to touch today, I believe that this story, the way the Lord has given it to me, parallels a story of today. I believe these young maidens represent a John the Baptist ministry that is preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. In order for you to receive the kingdom, you must first understand that in these last days, there's a preparation, and, and I believe that we're closer. We've been preaching to you about a John the Baptist ministry that will arise in this hour, but I'm here to tell you that we are as closer than what you think. The journey that you and I have begun is taking us with an encounter with a young generation, where, where, with a John the Baptist ministry, a John the Baptist ministry that has an answer. And I want to tell you, my friend, in this hour, now is this time to stick as close as you can to the well. Hallelujah. Now is the time to stick as close as you can to the waters. If you are searching for an answer, let me tell you, there is a well. Hallelujah. If you're searching for direction, there is a well. If you're searching, if you're lost, if you don't know what to do with your life, there is a well. Let me tell you, the Bible is filled of so many stories where many people have encountered somebody, have encountered Jesus Christ himself in a well. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, come and drink for me is what the Bible says. A well is not only just a place. A well is something that is inside of you. Sometimes you ain't got nobody to go to. Sometimes you don't have nobody to talk to. 
It seems that way sometimes that you find yourself alone. But let me tell you, in those times, dig in because there is a well inside of you. Speak to that well and say, Lord, say, well, spring up a well. Spring up within my soul. You need to encourage yourself, but you need to stay as close as you can to the well. See, a well doesn't just come out of nowhere. A well is built through sacrifice. A well has to be dug up. Hallelujah. You have to labor. You have to dig. And, and just when you have dug for an hour, you find out you've only dug a little bit. you got to keep digging and digging and digging. But let me tell you, sooner or later, if you're digging in the right place, you're going to find a well. Hallelujah. A well that is not just for you. It is a well, as, 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 as we saw in the, in the woman that, that had an encounter with Jesus in chapter 4 of John, we see that a well that was built by her father Jacob uh, years, uh, years and years, hundreds of years ago. But yet that well was giving out water, and that well will be used to give water to Jesus Christ himself. So let's read the story today. The Bible says in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that there was a man in the book of nine, the, the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 9. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorah, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul. He was a choice young man. He was a good, he, and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, take now one of the servants with thee. I want you to see the instructions. Arise and go and seek the asses. And he passed through Mount Ephraim. And he passed through the land of Shalisha. But they found them not. They passed through the land of Shalim. And there... They were not. He passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. Hallelujah. Listen now. But when they were among, when they, when, when they were come to the land of Zuth, that's when Saul said to his servant that was with him, come, let us return home. Lest my father leave caring for the asses and take thought for us. But the servant said unto him, Behold, before we do anything now, there is in this city a man of God. And he's an honorable man. And all that he saith comes surely to pass. Let us go near. Pre-adventure, he can show us our way that we should go. Saul, who was skeptic to his servant, said, but behold, if we go, what shall we bring to this man? For we have already wasted and spent our bread 
in our vessels. And there is not a present to bring to the man of God. What have we? But the servant answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have here at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver. That will I give to the man of God to tell us our way. See, because before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spoke. Come, let us go to the seer. For he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer. Then said Saul to his servant, well, well said, come let us go. So they went unto the city where the man of God was. And I want you to pay attention. This is where I'm going to focus the word today. They went up to the hill to the city. And they found young maidens going out to draw water. And they said unto them, is the seer here? Thank God that these were not just any virgins, any maidens, handmaidens. These were women of God who were in tune with what was taking place, that were in tune where the word of God was being preached. We need a generation that is in tune with the word of God. We need a people that are in tune with the word of God, that when sinners come to you, when religious people come to you, you have an answer to respond. I know where the word is at. I have an answer. I know who can set you free. I know who is able to do it. And they answered, and they said, the seer, and they answered them and said, he is. Behold, he is before you. Look what the words they use. Make haste now, for he came today to the city. For there is a sacrifice of the people today in the high place. As you, soon as you become, as you become into the city, you shall straight away find him. <laughs> Before he go up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes, because he doth bless the sacrifice. And afterwards they eat that he bidden. Look what they say now. Therefore, get up and go. For about this time you shall find him. Look at even almost to the exact moment in the hour. For about this time you will find him. And they went up to the city, and when they were coming to the city, guess, guess who was right there? Behold, Samuel came out against them to go up to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel, listen to the language he uses, in his ear. A day before, Saul came saying, tomorrow, about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin. And thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people, Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry is come unto me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said unto him, Behold, the man who I spoke to thee of, the same shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, tell me, I pray thee, where is the seer's house is? Where the seer's house is? And Samuel answered, Saul, 
and said, I am the seer. <laughs> Go up before me into the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let thee go and will tell thee all that is in thy heart. Oh, and as for thy donkeys, remember he had never heard about it. And as for your donkeys that you're looking for, <laughs> that were lost three days ago, that's prophetic. Set not thy mind on them, for they are found. I want you to go to the last verse. And they were going down to the end of the city. Samuel said to Saul, bid thy servant pass on before us. And he passed on, but stand thou still a while that I may show you thee the word of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word this evening, Lord. I pray, Lord, that for these next few minutes, you would allow us, God, to see this story, God, with a prophetic eyesight, Lord, lenses. To see what the Lord is saying in this very hour. I pray that you anoint me Lord. And anoint the hearers to receive your word. I pray that the word will fall on good ground. And I pray God that you would remove all doubt and fear and distraction from our minds. That we can concentrate on your word. And hear what thus saith the Lord. Father we put ourselves in your hands. And place ourselves completely holy entirely. In your hands, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. In the last few uh, weeks, in the last few weeks, the way the Lord has been dealing with my heart as I read the word of God, he's taken me to different stories and different passages in the word of God. And when I read the stories, he always points, it always seems that he points out the no-name people that are in the Bible. The Bible was filled with so many no-name people that did great things. There's no name attached to what they to, to, to them, but what they did was greater than what we could ever think about. And I really believe that. In this hour, as the Bible states that there is a John the Baptist ministry that is going to move in this hour. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is that what God is going to do really doesn't have a name attached to it. But it's marked by the hand of God. It is marked by the hand of his, by his word, by his spirit. And in this hour, we are closer and closer as the days approaches, as the days from bad to worse, there's a John the Baptist ministry that is arising in this hour. Now, what has that got to do with the story that we read today? Saul, who, had be, who would become the first king of Israel, because Israel had requested for them, for, from him to have a king, and, and so God chose Saul to become the next king. But before he could become a king, he was just a young man. He was a young man from the smallest tribe, the Benjamites. Years before, the Benjamites had almost been extinct. As Israel and his counterparts almost killed all the Benjamites and pretty much 
allow them to marry some of their women so that their tribe can continue to have an existence. And, and they were the smallest tribe, but they were a very brave and violent tribe. And amongst them was a, a, Benjamin, a, 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 a Benjamite by the name of Saul. And God begins to deal with Saul in a manner that seems a little strange, but that's just the way that God works. The story that we read today is a story of, of, of a chain of events, of ordinary events that, that somehow God caused a herd of donkeys to disappear. The father sees, where are the donkeys that, that help us out, that work with us? And he says, I'm going to send my son Saul and one of my servants to go and search for these donkeys. Now, what's strange about this story, if, if it's when you're going to start to search for people and for a herd of, of donkeys, the first thing that you would do is you will begin to look for footsteps or for, or, or for what do you call it, or, or um, tracks. There you go, tracks. But the Bible says that there was no track. They simply disappeared. So Saul began his journey with a servant. And he begins his journey going out, not having a clue where these animals were because there was no tracks to follow them. He begins a journey, and he goes with his servant. He goes through a little town. The first town he goes through is through a place called Ephraim. Ephraim was by a mountain hillside. Ephraim in the, in the Hebrew means fruitful. He went up to that hill looking for those donkeys. A very fruitful place, but it wasn't there where the donkeys were. He continues his journey, goes to another place called Shalisha. Shalisha really doesn't have much meaning, but it is connected with the number three, which to the Jewish people, it is the smallest cycle possible. And it has to do with some, with few. In other words, in Shalisha, it was the opposite of Ephraim. Shalisha was a place of few. Shalisha was a place of some. But it wasn't there where the donkeys were. Then we see that Saul travels to another place by the name of Shalim. The, the, the land of Shalim was known as a land of foxes. But it wasn't there where the donkeys were. Then he travels to another place, the land of the Benjamites, the tribe of Benjamin. And again, he finds himself that there is nothing there. And he ends up in a little place called Zuf or Zuf. I think it's called Zuf. Zuf was a very small village, unknown land. But this would be the place where everything would turn around for this young man named Saul. The fact is, the way I see this is that all of us that are here, we are in a journey. Some of us are trying to find our identity. Some of us are trying to find our purpose. Some of us are fighting with the things inside of us. 
and, and you're just trying to serve God with everything that you got, but you find yourself constantly battling. But Saul, when he got to this little city called Zuth, an unknown land, this was the place where he said, man, I los watcho. I'm done. I'm going back to my father's house. I can't find these donkeys, and my father's about to get worried about me, so I, I'll see you later. I'm done. I'm done searching. I'm done looking. I'm trying to do what my father has asked me to do, but I can't find them. I've searched at Ephraim. I searched here. I searched there. And look where I'm at now, in the middle of nowhere, in a land called Zuth. But thank God that his father did not send Saul alone. He sent him, he sent him with a, with a servant. Another no-name person. Hallelujah. <laughs> Another no-name person. And the Bible tells that, that there in Zuth, in the middle of nowhere, where he got tired of, of searching, is the very place where God thrusted Saul into a dimension, into a place. He was about to do something so great in his life. Everything turned around in that moment from trying to look for donkeys. He was about to be given a kingdom. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I don't know if you're getting, I don't know if I'm explaining it right to you, but I want you to understand this and think about your life. You, you've been searching for donkeys, and I don't think it's a coincidence. Why, why didn't he mention sheep, and why didn't he mention another animal? He mentions a donkey. I know a lot of you can relate to donkeyness because you are just so hard-headed sometimes like a donkey. Amen? <laughs> Somos cabezones. You know, a donkey is stubborn. I mean, how can you lose a donkey? How can you lose a donkey? But I believe the Holy Spirit had it this way because he's trying to show us something about ourselves sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we're finding ourselves searching, but we're searching for the wrong thing. We're searching, but we're searching of things that have no consequence in our life. God wants to give you a new vision and a new sight and a new purpose. Because the very thing that you are ignoring, the very thing that you need. I'm not talking to you about religion. I'm not talking to you about church. I'm talking to you about Jesus. We're just like donkeys, searching for donkeys, and, and we're so stubborn. And, and we go back to the same place that God is in trouble in the first time. And, and we're searching, and we go back to the same people that, 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 you know, we got caught up with the same time. But when will we get to the place and say, Lord, what, what is it that you want? I've, I've been banging my head against this wall. I'm already, not, I'm already dizzy. And it's like, Lord, what is the purpose? What are you going to stand in your life and say, God, the buck stops here. What are you? want from me. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of fighting you. I want something real. What do you want? 
See, but you're not going to find that. You're not going to get to that place in Ephraim. You're not going to get that place in the other places. You've got to come to the place, spiritually speaking, called Zuf. See, we're in Zuf. You're in the middle of nowhere. You can't go back to your old tricks. You can't go back to your old ways. You got to be brought to the place where all your options are close, where your back is against the wall, where, where you're looking here and you're looking there and you're looking there and you're like, God, and you forget that if you could only rise your eyes to the heavens from where your help comes, that's where God wants to take you, where you say, Jesus, what do you want? See, sometimes to get up, you got to fall on your face. You got to fall flat on your face. This ain't an easy road, church. My friends that are here, this is not an easy decision. It's to serve God. But God is trying to take you somewhere. This is more than just finding a good job, having a good wife, a good husband, a good paying job or how this is this, that's, that's the little stuff those are the donkeys you can have them anytime they'll come and go <laughs> one day you'll live you'll be living large in a house and one day you'll be in a little apartment that's just life the way life is i've been there i've done that <laughs> those are the donkeys in our lives that we got to get rid of hallelujah but see god wants you to 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 find yourself with something greater and bigger than you. I'm talking about a kingdom. I'm talking about a person. His name is Jesus. God is trying to detour you, to take you to a well. See, you've tried every well. You've tried this. you tried that. But there is a well that has living water, and that well is Jesus. But if you can only get there. <laughs> right now, you find yourself hanging around sometimes in Ephraim, sometimes in, by the Benjamite land. And all along, you need to get to Zuf or Zuf. The Bible, the story tells us, all of a sudden he was thrust into circumstances where he would encounter with his purpose and Saul would encounter with his destiny. And all of a sudden, the servant told Saul, wait a minute. I'm paraphrasing. Wait a minute. Is this Zuf or Zuf or Zuf? I know this place. If we are where we're saying you are, we're in the right place. And I could just see Saul looking at him a little bit funny, kind of, what are you talking about? We're in the middle of nowhere. No, 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 no. We're in the right place. Uh, well, what do you mean we're in the right place? What do you mean, my brother, that God has brought you here? Are you really in the right place here? I don't look like nothing exciting is happening here. I don't see the crowds. I don't see the big things that you see in church, let me tell you something, you're in the right place. <laughs> if God has brought you here. <laughs> and I can just see the conversation going back and forth. 
And all of a sudden, the servant of God said, listen, we're in the right place because there is a man of God that lives in this place. It's a man. He's a goodly man. He's a man that what he says, it comes to forward. Maybe if we can just encounter him, he will give us the answer that we are looking for. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, listen, he said, come and let us return. No, no, no. He said, behold, there is in this city a man of God who's an honorable man. He's in the city, a man of God. He is honorable. And all that he said comes surely to pass. Let us go hither. Let us go together. Pre-adventure, he can show us the way that we should go. Now, when you get to that place and when you know that you're in a place where there's a word of God, it don't mean the devil ain't going to fight you. Because if you want to find excuses, you're going to find excuses constantly. If you want to find an excuse why God is not using you, you'll find something to blame about. Saul began to make, he said, well, you know what, I don't got really, you know, I, I spent all the, 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 the tacos and the spam that my, that I brought, man, we ate them all, man. I, you know, I just, uh, I, I don't know what, how many of you like Spam, man? I love Spam, man, amen. Spam with eggs. Uh, you guys, so, his Spam was gone. And let me tell you, those Spam is real good, man. Let me tell you. So the food had run out. He said, man, I, I don't really got nothing to offer the man of God. As a matter of fact, man. It's not just that. Then my father, he's going to be worried about me, you know. My family's going to be worried about me. Let's just go back. See, if you want to find excuses, you will always find excuses. If you always want to find impossibilities, why you ain't serving God the way you want to, it's your excuses that you're putting, but it's not because God don't want to use you. You got to come to the place where you have to surrender everything. And you got to be bold like this servant and tell, hallelujah, that Saul inside of you and say, no, enough with excuses. Behold, there is a man in this city who can give us a word. You don't need to go back to your home empty handed. You don't need to stop searching. We're in the right place. I know it don't look like much. I know it don't look fruitful like Ephraim, but I know we're in the right place because there is a man of God. And when there is a man of God in a place, there is a word. And when there is a word, the spirit of the Lord is there. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is liberty. Yes, we don't look unto man, but we look to see. I'm searching. Yes, I don't put my eyes on man, but I look for men of God that have a word inside of them because that word is the word that can keep you alive in this very hour. Listen, church, do not despise men of God just because they don't agree with your own way of thinking or just because they don't look like you or just because they didn't grow raised, if they have a word of God, be careful what you say about a man of God. See, men of God are never meant to be popular. Men of God are not meant to hang around with you all the time. <laughs> I'm not saying it for my, I love that, you know, I love that. Just, just men of God are just like that. They're weird. 
Just ask their wives. Ask their children. <laughs> That's just the way they are. Don't try to figure out men of God. But discerning your spirit, does, does he have a word? Does this woman of God have a word from God? Because if she has a word, I want, I want it. See, what the word does, it sets in motion. It gives you direction where God wants to take you. We need in this hour a word from God. Every Sunday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever we, we, we meet together and we come together, it's not to entertain you. It's not to make you feel good. We're here to give you a word, to give you direction, because that's what you need in this hour. As a matter of fact, the word that, that God would place on those that stand behind this pulpit is not really to, to try to confound you, to tell you how deep and how much knowledgeable we are. No, no, no. It's really just there to confirm what God is already dealing with you about. If you have a relationship with God. If you're a person that knows how to hear from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so this and then so he was putting excuses the service said don't worry about it man I got a I think he said like one fourth of a check over here brother Benji Benny sorry brother this is a candy I eat earlier but it's silver I have this this will be suffice for the man of God and finally pataleando so I wouldn't say, all right, all right, okay, let's do it, man. You convinced me. You make a good point. Well, what am I going to go do? Go back to my, to my house empty-handed? What are we going to continue to do, going back? I mean, if you're receiving the word, wh where are you going to go to? Where? <laughs> we need each other in this hour. We need each other in this hour. There's a word that God is placing inside of you that I need to know. I want to know what God is telling you. There's a word that God is placing in me that you need to know what's inside of it. We need the word of God. We need to eat from the same bread. Hallelujah. We need to drink from the same well, from the same water, because we got to keep it's the, it's the Holy Ghost and fire that is keeping me alive. It's going to keep you alive in this hour. We need each other, church. And sometimes you got to get bold with your brother and say, listen, stop looking over there. Come with me. I know, hallelujah, where you can find an answer. It's not just the preacher that has the answer. You have the answer. Brother Adrian was sharing with me, Sister Marie Cruz, they, they went yesterday to, with their families. They to a, to a couple orphanages in, in Mexicali and we thank you for your support we thank you for giving us all the things that you gave us we gave it to them and let me tell you something they were sharing to me testimonies that when they began to speak to these people to these to these children and to those that were in charge God was beginning to move and I said brother Adrian it's because God has placed a word inside of you that it can set the captive free Oh, you think it's just a preacher here. No, no, you have a word inside of you. You got something somebody else needs. There's people you can touch that Pastor Jeremy can, can't, but you can. There's people that cannot relate to me, but they can relate to you. There's a word inside of you. 
So he said, let's go. Let's go see the man of God. But let me tell you something. Before you get to that place where you confront with the kingdom, you first have to meet a John the Baptist. <laughs> Listen, Jesus could not come into this world unless first the way was prepared. Are you here today? There had to be a John the Baptist that was chosen from God even, even before thousands and thousands of years ago through Isaiah. Prophet that there would be a man that would come and prepare the way of the Lord. There has to be a John the, the, John the Baptist ministry that would literally prepare the way for the Lord to come. A ministry that knows how to point to Jesus. You know that Jesus Christ is coming back again? That's why in this hour there's a John the Baptist ministry that is needed because we are called to prepare the way for the Lord. Who's telling them? Who's telling the masses that Jesus is coming again? When you turn your Christian television on, what do you hear on television? Is anybody speaking about repentance? Is anybody speaking about the coming of the Lord? Or do all we hear is just very topical messages and very feel-good messages and messages that cannot save a sinner, messages that just draws a crowd? Let me tell you, in this hour, we need a voice that is not afraid to speak to the conscience of men and women and say, Jesus is coming back again. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, I'm not talking about us building up a ministry that is just saying, no, no, we, we need the whole gospel. We need to speak about God's love. We need to speak about God's grace. We need to speak about the cross. We need to speak about his burial and his resurrection, everything with the love of God. But if anything that is missing today, above all, tell him Jesus Christ is coming again. They had to meet, they had to encounter these young maidens. Who were these young maidens? Young people, these young maidens were young girls. And they had a job. Their job was to every day, about evening, go down into the well to get water. Water that had to be taken back up to their city. And that water would be used to feed, to drink from. So God never calls lazy people. God always has work for you to do in the kingdom of God. But what, I, what amazes me about these girls and these young maidens is that in spite of their responsibility, they never disconnected themselves from the word. They never disconnected themselves from what was going around the temple, what was happening around with the man of God. They knew very well when the man of God was. They knew very well when the time of sacrifice was. They knew very well when the man of God was going to begin to make his way into, 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 into bless the food of the sacrifice. 
tells me that they were knowledgeable of the word. This is not just for the young people today, but for all of you. You need to become knowledgeable in the word. Not for the sake of having an intellectual understanding, but knowledgeable, more specifically, of the times that we are living. But it doesn't end there. It's not enough. Well, I know, brother, you know, these are the last days and Jesus is coming. Yeah, but what are you going to do about it? We hold the answers by the word of God to say, yes, Jesus is coming back, but this is what you must do. This is the hour that we are living See, if you don't know how to explain these things, then all you have is just, okay, a warning. But a warning has to give always an explanation. What, what is happening? Don't just tell me, move. What, why are you telling me this? And it's amazing that these young, this man, this servant, and Saul began to make their way to that city. And right when they got to the well of the city, hallelujah, they began to see coming down a few young maidens, the Bible says. They found maidens that had gone out to draw water. And they knew, hey, these ladies belong to the city. These ladies know if there's anybody that could tell us, it's these young maidens. And so Saul and the servant, they went to these young ladies and they said, behold. They said, where is the man of God? Where is the seer? Notice how quickly, I want you to see this prophetically. They answered him. Look what they said. He is. And then they, 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 then they say, He is before you. Make haste now. For he came today to the city. I want you to look at that. Hey, is the seer there? Yes, he is. Behold, the man of God just got to the city. I'm going to point you and you better make haste because he's about to make his way to the sacrifice. What does this have to do with a John the Baptist ministry? John the Baptist began to speak in a, in a desert. He began to speak, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But people began to think that maybe he was. People began to look to him. But in the moment that he saw Jesus... You got you to gotta think about this and help me. They didn't have churches in those temples. His church was a rock. His pulpit was a rock. His stage was a bedrock. His dress was not like ours with a suit and a tie. He was dressed in camel's clothing. He ate wild honey and locusts. He was an uncommon man. But he had a word. And God, since a little kid, separated him. Even though his father was a priest, God did not allow him to go to the temple and contaminate himself with religion. He said, I'm going to prepare you in a desert. 
I'm going to prepare you in a wilderness. I'm going to prepare you in the middle of nowhere. And the only person you're going to hear and learn from is me. And that's what he did. I said, that's what he did for almost 30 years of his life. Until God said, now is the time. Now is the time to go. And he began to preach and, 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 and he began to baptize people. But amongst all the crowd that was there, remember, he was in the open. There was people everywhere scattered. As far as the eye can see, he had no microphone. He had no bullhorn. But he had an anointed voice that had an authority. And as he was preaching, all of a sudden, a, a person got his attention. He saw that this person looked like no other. He saw that this person walked a little different. He saw that this person, there was something about him that was different than all the other men. I could just imagine Jesus. He was like the coolest dude around. That's California King James Version. He just had a walk about him. He just had a talk about him. That wherever he was, you could recognize him. This was a man's man. This was a servant of God. This was a man of God. And in the middle of his message, by the spirit, he saw him. And the words that he used. Remember, these young maidens said, he is, behold. John the Baptist declared the same words in a different manner. He said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Don't look at me. Look at him. He is the Redeemer. He is the Messiah. He is the King. He is the Lord. Here's the answer. Behold the Lamb of God. In my mind's eyes, I can just see thousands and thousands and thousands of people all at once turning. Who is this man? And I can just see in my mind's eyes, Jesus was coming. And getting near and near to John, to John the Baptist, the crowds began to make way as Jesus began to walk in the middle of them. Hallelujah. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And he was getting closer and closer. John the Baptist was pointing us to the very Redeemer. He was pointing us to the one who would be crucified, the one who would shed his blood. He would say, look to him. I want you to grab that hold of this. He said, look to him. John the Baptist ministered with a urgency in his heart. He knew. How would you like? Anybody like you for God to use you mightily in someone? Raise your hand. It's okay. That's not, it's not a trick question. Don't worry about it. It's not a trick question. Trying to get me now. I'm not going to answer. What if God said, yes, I'm going to use you? What if young people, God said, I'm going to use you? 
but I'm going to take 20 years to prepare you. And your ministry is only going to be six months. Then they're going to chop your head off. That's what happened to John the Baptist. For 30 years, he prepared to have a six-month. Anybody want to be a prophet here? Anybody here want to be a prophet? <laughs> I'm talking about a real prophet, not one that, that takes money from people and say, hey, I got something to tell you. I ain't got nothing to say. You ever seen those prophets? I got a word for you. What is it? Tomorrow. better believe it. I got to go work. <laughs> oh, and the people, wow, that's deep, brother. Wow. Someone has a backache here in this crowd. Well, who doesn't have a backache? You want to really be a prophet of God. But it's amazing that Three young maidens were prepared to answer. See, the reason why a John the Baptist ministry is necessary in this hour, church. Because the John the Baptist ministry is what will propel something so great for people to look to Jesus. We need a ministry in this hour like John the Baptist. Aren't you tired of seeing ministries just pointing to themselves? Aren't you tired of ministries just saying, we are the only ones who have a word. We are the Look at us. Read our books. Read our Bibles. No, 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 no. We need a no-name ministry that can know how to point to Jesus Christ in this hour. How much confusion. There's many people like Saul and the servant. They're lost. They're looking for donkeys. They've tried everything, but they need to encounter you. Oh, my God. There was here a group of women who were coming down. They were working, but they were ready. They said, hey, he is. Behold, he is. Behold. Look, these, the women were so exact. They said, listen, if you go straight this way, as a matter of fact, leave right now. And I, and I promise you that when you get there, you'll be able to catch the prophet as he makes his way to the sacrifice. Bible never said that they gave him a time, but they gave him an exact location. And they understood the moment. Yes, no one knows the day and the hour when Jesus will come. But let me tell you, the spirit of God is showing us the moment and that the time is now. There's prophecies that are still being fulfilled. But we understand today that, see, that, that, that the reason, it's not just a John the Baptist ministry for the sake of being controversial, for the sake of just saying things for shock value. No, it's a John the Baptist ministry that has a pulse. Listen to me. That has a pulse of Jesus, of the Messiah, the, of, 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 of the one, of the Redeemer. Uh, that has a pulse on the move of God. That has a pulse on the times that we are living. We need women like these maiden, young girls, that know how to answer and 
when someone is looking for a word, you know where to point them to. Sometimes the Lord will just use strange donkeys <laughs> to bring you in contact with his servants. You hear that? Quote me on that one. Free. God will use strange donkeys to bring you in contact with his servants. To bring you in contact with his word. To bring you in contact with your destiny, with your purpose. The story begins with Saul beginning on a journey where he's going here and there and there. And out of all places, he finds himself in the middle of nowhere, but in the right place where the prophet was. Thank God that Saul had a companion, a servant who guided him to the man of God. Thank God that we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will not speak about himself, but that he will testify about Jesus. Where do you find yourself today? Maybe you find yourself lost. Maybe you find yourself without purpose. Maybe some of you may even find yourself confused. Maybe you might find yourself like Jesus. The Bible says that he was weary, but he went to the well. I want to tell you something today. God has put a well here for you to drink of. If you need direction, go to the well. If you need an answer, go to the well. The book of Genesis tells us in chapter 24 that there was a servant of Abraham. And Abraham was already high in age. And, and the Bible tells us that he, uh, he brought a servant to him. And he said, come here have a son he said and I want him I want you to find him a wife and promise me that you will not allow him to marry a woman outside of the family the servant was nervous he said but why do you want to come I can't force him to come to me well you go over there to my kindred the servant had everything, the possessions of Abraham, but servant who had a lot of, you know, his camels with him. It was not until he came to the well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Came to the well and all of a sudden it hit him. He says, I know that there's many women that come to draw from this well. But the woman that, only, that not only gives me water, but gives water to my camels is the one 
that God has chosen. It was a well. It was a well where there was a, a woman from Samaria who had had five husbands, and the one that she was living with right now was not even hers. Oh, but that day, that unforgettable day that she went to the well this time, it would be different. Because next to that well was the well of wells. There was a man by the name of Jesus who was able to tell her what she needed to hear. Who was able to tell her, if you drink of me, you shall have to be thirsty anymore. I did something so powerful in this woman's life that she went back to her city and she told all the men of the things that this man had did. And all of a sudden there was a revival around the well. Hallelujah. find yourself tired you find yourself needing direction you find yourself today say, saying Lord looking for answers what do I do what do I do let me tell you you're in the right place there is a well full of living water 